Good morning and welcome to the gym content, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Gomez. How's it going? It's going well. How's it going for you? It's going. That's right. Yeah. I think uh, we could agree that the world is going. <laughs> it's going. Yeah, you know it's what's definitely happening. I wasn't even thinking of that. I, it's like sometimes there's enough going on. Oh, interpersonally, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah just within my my little world. I don't have time to consider much that, else. That as much as going on in the world, uh, it's it's like it's just another layer of the onion, man. This <laughs> is crazy. I, I, I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah, no, me neither. Like I said, uh, the onion. What an onion is. It's stinky, it's smelly. Sometimes it's tasty, but you gotta do it right, you know what I mean? <laughs> Good morning. What's up, bro? So, well, uh, yeah, man. Halfway through January, we're rocking and rolling into 2021 here, Mike. Um, of course, a big thank you to uh, dear friend of the show and legendary music producer Buck Wild coming on the show yes. on Wednesday, the late Thank night show with Mr. Gomez. Um, Mike, uh, I listened. Uh, great episode, I thought. Thank you. Um, and what do you what do you feel like? Did, did Buck Wild contribute to the gumbo of content content? Hip Hop yeah. is My Religion is his album. Definitely. I think so. Um, I think uh, one, one of the cool things um, <clears throat> that I liked about the, the spiritual direction that he sort of came from was more about um, doing, living, uh, you know, being kind. Uh, you know, he sort of spoke of, you know, how he, um, within the, the, the culture of the music business, how he conducted himself, mm. um, which was sort of his way of living out the religion. And he talked about how uh, people paid it forward with him, mm. and, and I thought that was that was interesting. You know, it reminded me of I think it, it's uh, in James uh, in the New Testament. I think he says, "Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and blameless is this: to help the poor and the widow." And uh, it reminded me of that. You know, it was, mm. it was like it, it was cool. It was definitely cool. That's uh, that's quite interesting, man. And yeah, you know, uh, as much as you can intellectually think about uh, whatever teaching or whatever um, adage you would like to live by, the active quality of the practice of a thing um, is the most important. Um, and that's how you kind of, uh, well, that's quite interesting. Who, who do we got this Wednesday, Mike? Julie uh, McVeigh is coming Julie on. Julie McVeigh, a little preview. Who is that individual? Uh, well, uh... First of all, um, she's got a book, uh, and it's called Why I Left the Church to Find Jesus, That's which right. the title alone is just, you know, <laughs> got, it gets me like, you know, ooh, hmm, hmm that sounds familiar. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that that's, uh, I don't even know how, you know, uh, we became, you know, Facebook friends, um, and I started following her, and uh She's she's got uh, a a story of leaving the church of uh you know that kind of uh fundamentalist 
kind of background similar to mine and um it's just a great story and uh you know her journey and where she is now and she's definitely a seeker and uh, i'm excited about a, a lot of guests coming soon you know like like in that same line of thought you know um we have mm. a few guests who who really are breaking with tradition uh with church tradition uh church dogma and really being brave you know mm. it's a, it's a, it's a form of bravery you know when when you're indoctrinated with all these ideas and uh all these different things you know that are kind of like you believe either you believe this or you you're going to go to hell kind of kind of vibe you know Mm-hmm. And to go against that, it's you know, it's quite a journey when you when you're really in it and you really believe it. To to unbelieve it and unpack it, and uh, you know, a popular thing in Christianity now is uh, deconstructing. Mm. It's like a super popular word. Um, she even has a she she has some sweaters and t-shirts she she has online. Uh, one of them is <laughs> deconstruct or self destruct, something like that. Ooh, okay, and yeah. So it's All pretty right. cool, you know. It's a, it's a, it's a movement within within the the culture of mm-hmm. deconstructing, and it's it's actually it tunes in very nicely with uh, our topic for today. You know, even I was just gonna, I was just gonna say that deconstruct or self destruct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, so tune in Wednesday, seven p.m. Julian McFay. Uh, it's going to be another fantastic episode, of course. That's our late night. It's on so late. Yeah, oh, oh, my gosh. the us. latest. I mean, it's it's six hours past my bedtime. I go to bed <laughs> at 1 p.m. Uh, on a normal night, um, which is why I've at 8 a.m. here on Sunday, I've been up for five hours already. Um, I have the sleep schedule of an owl. Uh, and I can turn my head just like an owl, too. I can look completely behind me if I want the, to. The thing they don't realize is you're telling the truth. Yeah, that's true. That's right. I wouldn't lie to you here on Sunday morning. Not on God's day, okay, guys? <laughs> um, well, it's funny you should mention all that, Mike, because uh, just to briefly recap last week, for those that didn't tune in, we had a big discussion on the big F word, and that's faith, folks. It's got a bad rap oh, nowadays, yeah. but the fact of the matter is you got to have faith in something, and the fact of the matter is almost everybody does have faith in something. What we nailed down, I like to think, if I could crystallize it in this moment now, is that what faith is is because that's the main question because it has all these uh sentiments paper clipped to it now in a modern american context that may or may not be true but everybody got faith in something Pfizer has pfizer has faith in science even though they're not currently winning as we discussed hopefully they will um because i don't know about you mike i would like to go to a dirty bar at some point oh yeah (laughs) trust me Um, black and tans you know you know me Black and tan immediately. Get <laughs> Let's right get away. them open. <laughs> the sacrament, my friend. Yeah, man. I'm missing um, that, that one. Me too. Again, I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but you're like watching television shows and uh, movies and stuff. And you just like see somebody like walk into a big restaurant. <laughs> I, there is a small part of me that's like, he doesn't have a mask on. <laughs> that's so dangerous. <laughs> It's a, it's a movie from 1977. Uh, we got to debug you, man. You've I know. Been programmed. We're all gonna need a debugging. That's for damn sure. I'm quite certain of that. We're gonna need uh, to to run some CC cleaner on that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna clean these ears out. Um, what I think we kind of established last week is faith is 
the, uh, let's say, mental mechanism from the unseen to the seen. Um, so mm. faith deals with the realm of things unseen, yet sometimes intuitively felt. And maybe you have to be a little bit delusional at times. Maybe you have to believe in something that nobody else will tell you is a good idea at the time. And there is good faith and bad faith, as you uh, delineated last week as well. Mike, people have had faith in bad things, of course. Um, but that's really what faith is. It is rooted in the material circumstance. Because it, it, if, you know, if you're actually going to manifest something that does not currently exist, you need to uh, you know, be somewhat realistic about ha having a process to get there. But the mere fact, the mere recurring thought that I think this could be a thing, I believe in this, that's faith, which is a tremendously powerful, dare I say, scientific concept. So pulling back even further, this somewhat naturally leads us to the discussion of where does faith come from? Who are we in relation to that force, let's say, those mental patterns? And then it led us to the biggest question that Content Content, I think, could possibly ask, and an important one to ask at the beginning of the year, especially that uh, we kind of know what we're doing around here in Content Content, Mike, dare I say. Now I'm probably going to mess it up now that I said that, but... <laughs> uh. <laughs> what... What is God? Who is God? Have you seen him? Did he text <laughs> you back? I've been texting this guy all week. <laughs> now, this is the most loaded of religious questions. Mm -hmm. People have gone to war over this question. Mm -hmm. People continue to go to war over this question, for the record. Yeah. Um, and I think... This is an important question to have a universalist answer to, dare I say. Because what I think is tied up in, in believing in some sort of God, something else, that can give a person more faith in a bigger picture of existence, that we're not just random turds flying through space, <laughs> that we can then uh, manifest more positivity and compassion in our own lives if we think there is something a little bit more. And isn't it so much easier to be negative and to not care about anyone or anything if you think it's just a mistake that we're here anyway? And that, you know what, who cares, man? I'll just be violent and terrible to everyone because, uh, and there would be no, uh, you know, repercussions from that because it's just, it's just a mistake, man. I don't know, who cares? That is a very destructive attitude. So in this discussion, Mike, I think at times I'm going to play devil's advocate. And because, I mean, shit, uh, sorry, <laughs> we're, we're doing the show. You know Mike and I are God guys, okay? We might have different conceptions of what God is, and we'll get into that, but we believe. <laughs> and But at times during this discussion, Mike, I'm going to play devil's advocate because I'm going to ask the questions that I think uh, certainly modern Americans would push back against and say, well, well, no, but haven't you thought about the blah, blah, blah? Um, because I would well, like to keep By the way, I, I do think about the blah, blah, blah. I, I'm constantly, I can't stop thinking <laughs> about it. I wake up in the middle of the night, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. blah. 
Um, so I want to play devil's advocate at, at times mm-hmm. because I would like to keep this discussion as whatever, like grounded and realistic and um, because certainly believing in God, there is a leap of faith because guess what? You're, you're not going to meet him unless you, you know, I don't know, <laughs> unless you believe in that. But um, I would like to keep this uh, yeah, as grounded, realistic, as um, grounded in today's moment uh, as possible. Mm-hmm. Because I think um, similar to faith now, God has so many other little things paperclipped to it that <clears throat> it's difficult to hammer down exactly what it is. And it's, it's difficult, even more difficult to hammer down a definition that makes people feel good universally. And more importantly, it's difficult to hammer down a definition that I think people agree on, even though it is possible, I think. Um, so with that in mind, um, when somebody asks you a very broad question, what is God or who is God, Mike, what would your answer to that question be? Well, um, well, that's a big, big question. I mean, for me, uh, God would be, uh, the source, um, creator, uh, where all things flow from, excuse me, uh, and that, you know, I could keep on about that, but that's the, the general idea of it, you know, um, just, just the source, what, what brings us all together, love, uh, would be the attribute, um, that I would love wisdom, you know, all, all these, all these powerful, um, concepts and ideas that we we somehow have formed and put together i feel like are sort of i guess the stardust of god you know just wisdom love you know all these these things that we know are, are good patience and and you know even even you know everything you know it's so that's why it's like it's it's a it's hard to answer that, you know, but I would say that's like a nice short answer from me, I think. Uh, I would agree with you. You know, I'm fond of saying that, uh, at least in a mod- in the modern terminology, I think a lot of times the universe as a term and God are sort of interchangeable. I see the universe, God, as this enormous supercomputer of which we are, you know, one tiny little computer chip i'm not a science guy <laughs> well uh, you know you know that if I, I would just like to add a little something about that even please do um because i think we 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 in uh you know i can't speak of in the whole world i'm an american been here my whole life don't know what it's like to live anywhere else so i can't really speak to that but i can tell you that the uh the pr people for God in America, mm-hmm. they blew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big time. I would agree. I would agree with that. Yeah, uh, you know his marketing team. <laughs> He's got. They fire should all be people. fired. <laughs> and I think that's that's the main reason for the popularization of mm-hmm. referring to God as universe, as source, um, because it's basically. This same entity we're referring to, but but people who know 
the the bad PR uh, of, of God, you know, sort of cling to these other terms because it's like they want to separate themselves from this bad God concept. Yes. And that's kind of what, that's what today, you know, uh, the, the show is about, you know. Well, Mike, uh, yeah, now this is almost a different discussion, but obviously part of the reason why we're doing the show is because we believe that there needs to be more of a, uh, a spiritual component to modern life. Um, you know, if we can learn to love ourselves, we can then and only then bring love into the world. Um, and you and I may disagree about, um, I don't know if it can be a Christian concept of God um, that will be the one to sort of permeate and, and, and bring more spirituality to the modern American life. Because I personally believe there might be too many things paperclipped to that bad PR, like you were saying. That is it more difficult to strip away all that stuff and say, no, continue to say, no, it's actually this, it's actually this, it's actually this. Or to just come up with a new thing that is kind of that same concept. Yeah. And and, and almost trick people into that. I mean, that's not, you well, can't trick anyone into spirituality. It's a spiritual, uh, intuitive path. Um, so... I, I think yeah. uh, just to, for John's comment, he said, "I've always thought of that as a trap question." I, I don't know which what, one he what was is referring God? to. What is God? Maybe I, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's certainly it's the biggest trap there is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and that that question, you you know, it's interesting. If anyone out there is interested in that question uh, on our late late night shows, that is going to be explored tremendously with the guests coming up. That is true. We have three guests, and that is a basically what what the conversation is going to be a lot about because there's there's a I'm going to say I'm going to say all three of them are former Christians and whether or not they are completely away from considering themselves Christian or not is going to be a a big part of all those discussions because uh they they were all serious uh followers of the faith, uh, you know, in Christianity. Um, but I, I kind of like to just uh, push off in a little direction. Go right ahead, sir. Um, I want to explain why I think this is such an important topic. Um, mm -hmm. Because you're, before we go into too much of the, the specifics and things and, and why, why I think it's so important, um, because your concept of God or not God, or universe, whatever, this, this greater um, entity is. The, the personality you attach to God, the, the style, the, the everything, the, whether it's an, uh, an emphasis on, on following rules, on love, on forgiveness, on retribution, um, that is going to translate into who you are as a human. Very true. So the, this idea to me of deconstruction of God, um, which I picked up along you know, my journey uh, leaving the, the fundamentalist cult and everything, is what I had to do. Because I had this 
idea of which which is really this 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 American God, this 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 uh, Judeo Christian concept of a very um, a God who punishes all the time, a God who's never satisfied. Uh, you're just this wretched thing. You're no good. You're worthless. But he's going to save you from hell because, see, he's a loving God who puts people in hell. He's So there's this, this constant, like... It's confusing. Hard to grasp. And it also ends up being, being uh, something that is passed on into the humans who follow this God. So, you know, you, 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 people marvel sometimes and they say, well, how, how could they, they follow this Jesus that, you know, is, is supposedly this way? You look right. at the Beatitudes because, the, first of all, there's a big difference um, between a, the New Testament uh, God that Jesus talks about, you know, and the behavior and, and the grace and, the, you know, not being an eye for an eye, you know, just go down the list. Um, there's a difference in the behavior of the Old Testament God to the New Testament one that Jesus is talking about. So there's this, I, I, you know, I know we overuse this sometimes, but it's, it's a path to cognitive dissonance. It's a, it's, it's a path to not knowing what's right or wrong because you're presented with this unclearness. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't want to go too far into that because it's not exactly the topic. But um, you know, is I wrote this little note. I didn't write much this morning, but you know, is your God trying to build a club, a Studio Fifty Four like heaven? <laughs> you know, is, that's the question here. That's a great question. And and you know, it, and the God concept is so important because it becomes a blueprint. <laughs> yeah, it popped in my head because I was reading this this club uh, group that I follow, and you know, it's just connected. But you know, I just I just never made the to the like what is it Saint Peter who's at the pearly yeah gates? he's at the just pearly to think gates of him as like a club bouncer behind yeah. a velvet rope yeah and he's like oh <laughs> you're, you're not you, know, just... you got to know somebody to get in <laughs> oh you just don't look right tonight you know you're not getting in you know you're wearing oh that. you must be from Yonkers no <laughs> sorry <laughs> you know that's that's that but really? that is the vibe it's, it's like. It's like, um, oh, you got to have chicks with you if you want to get in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's like this whole thing, you know, um, whatever God we serve or think about all the time, we're going to become like. And that's why it's important to me to deconstruct this more punitive, this more um, angry God, this, this concept, because and be more for me. You know, I'm I'm still hanging around in the Christian <laughs> with the Christian hat. You know, as difficult mm-hmm. as that is, um, <laughs> you know, look what it's done to me. I mean, my God, look at my hair <laughs> wearing that hat. Um, it's all in the middle. It's, now, it's all in the middle now. It's just craziness. Uh, but that's the hat. And um, so, you know, even for those of us who stay who stay in there, we need to pay attention to this. And I think it's important because. We, we we've got to be honest, you know. There's a level of honesty and and taking apart these ideas of God, which which set you in motion to to even like I, I have a video I posted recently, which this is the this is that terrible 
wrath-filled, unloving God displayed to the maximum where there's this preacher who's saying uh, that may God bring curses upon those uh, who, who basically don't support Trump. You know, who who helped rig the election, who this and that may God. And then, you know, those demons and this and that. And and that's that punitive, punishing, unloving uh, God at work. You know, so deconstructing God to me is is to start over, to, you know, to take all these ideas and unprogram yourself dump it out, and then go on a journey that is only yours, no one else's. It's not a carbon copy. You're not latching on to what someone else said in, in, a, in a book, in a letter from 2,000 years ago. You're going on this journey. It's you. And you're going to not only are you not going to follow someone else's path, but you're actually going to make your own path as you go. You're going somewhere where no one's gone before. And I, I'm, that's after deconstructing, after starting over, that's my journey. And to me, I mean, you know, I'm biased because that's where I ended up. And I think that's a pretty good place to start. And that's why deconstructing is so important. We got we to, gotta, like, like we say, don't throw out the baby, you know, with the bathwater. So let's not throw out the idea of God. Let's just admit, this is just my, my little soapbox here. Let's just admit we've really been bad PR, you know. God help, you know. God save us from his followers, you know. Basically, <laughs> right? You know, that's that's the point we're at. We're like, we need we need to God to save us from his own followers at this point, right? You know. And also, it's to some extent, it's like give give God a break, okay? Religion got taken over by business let's say the business attitude just like everything else in this world okay and to some extent because it is uh, teachings that deal with like the fundaments of existence of course it was the first thing to get taken over by business because it's the most powerful thing yeah um and i think we were talking about well this week i finished um marianne williamson's book return to love it's a phenomenal read. Um, I will probably add it to the reading series. More on that to come. But um, we talked about, did we talk about this? I think like after the show last week, Mike, about like math. How? Oh, yeah. Um, so I want to tie that in. But it's like what Marianne Williamson made me realize was she talks uh, in her book uh, in, a, in a Christian context. So she talks about God and Christ and the Holy Ghost. And yeah, I mean, at some point, a, a, a person, a spiritual seeker of any sort, has to ask the question um, that we continually ask on this show: When you go to church, mm-hmm. okay, maybe there's a lot of BS there, but is it all lies? Has it completely, hundred and ten percent, been completely ruined by business, or is there something in there that's worth extracting? And what Marianne Williamson made me realize was, outside of the context of whether or not Jesus was a real guy and whether or not he was actually spoken to or what have, whatever literally happened, what the, the Trinity, I believe it's called, represents to a person, what, what it can represent to a person in a modern context is a terminology and a framework with which to bring yourself inner peace. 
So however you choose to interpret those teachings, and again, I think it's very much outside of what actually happened. Mm -hmm. Those semantic issues are, are hardly worth mentioning. If those terms and that framework brings you inner peace, that's it. That's the name of the game. So if another person is has any other framework, any other terminology, be they whether it's astrology, you're reading the Sunday New York Times trying to figure out what your week is going to be like because you're a Libra rising, whatever. Whether you're a, a Shintoist, um, whether you're some ancient religion that is you're you're a pagan or something. Mm -hmm. Whatever, the, even self-help things, you're reading Malcolm Gladwell books or whatever. If there are things, terms, that have resonated with you and brought you more inner peace, that's the name of the game. Yeah. And maybe it, it, it is, the moment, it could be true that the moment you begin to tribalize any teaching, any particularly spiritual teaching, as the one and only thing, you are, in fact, removing the living quality of a spiritual teaching that needs to be there. Trump Rinpoche says the teaching should always be fresh bread. Mm. That even though he's, you know, supposedly a reincarnated being from like 11, <laughs> the year 1100, but he's like, I'm not teaching the same stuff as I was back then. Every time it needs to be grounded in reality, have some material circumstance with which to leap from and take that leap of faith. Um, and yeah, you and I had talked last week about how Look, there's the number 100. What we're trying to get to is 100. You can do 50 plus 50. You can do 20 times 5. You can do 200 divided by 2. It's the tip of a mountain, and there's you can climb up from all the different possible ways. But it doesn't matter where you started, and it doesn't matter the path that you took, and some paths are way more difficult than other ones. Um, but you could never be on in a position to question somebody else's path many times because while well, you didn't start where they started they didn't have, they had different shoes on than you did that when when you start so the terminology is not nearly as important as the end goal which would be again contentedness inner peace um so one of the things that i think really needs to be removed from the notion of God and really the, the, the description of what spiritual work is, what it looks like, needs to really be removed. And in fact, as with so many things, instead of trying to segment them into little populations, and this is this one, and this is this one, we need to be more appreciative of all the various ways a person could possibly i know we mention her yeah. all the time but the grandma yeah. who crochets you know mm -hmm. she understands the whole universe because she crochets and there's everything to be learned about that like townsend james mentioned on the late night show nature there's plenty of things you could learn all the possible things you needed to know just from standing on a beautiful mountain yeah something about it was just hey oh gosh it just makes sense and so that is a religious a spiritual Something that I think is very important to mention that I, I really like to think of all the time is Thomas Merton, who we haven't mentioned in a long time. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so the, he was alive, say, early 20th century. Um, I think he died in the 50s, maybe early 60s or something. 
And so that's really a time where World War One, World War Two are happening. There's America is like hemorrhaging its religion more or less, um, because you know it's it's tough to tough to rationalize a peaceful world when the um, the entire world yeah. is shooting at each other. <laughs> so, uh, but he was kind of on the front line saying, "Wait, wait, wait! There's still some good stuff here. Uh, I'm sorry about all the bad stuff." But his he said most people's conception of God is too narrow. So when most, uh, a, a lot of religions make the mistake of portraying God as a man. And me as a man, well, I'm upset sometimes and I'm pissed off other times and sometimes I'm just oh, so groovy and other times I'm just so frustrated. Um, that is such a narrow conception of God and it's logical. It's, it, it's somewhat intuitive because it's like, well, I know my existence. So, and we are convinced we're the greatest in all the animal kingdom, despite the fact we're destroying the entire planet. So of course God would be like us. And you know what? Lizards probably think the same thing. Lizards are probably like, you know, the lizard God. He's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Mitch McConnell, the lizard God. Oh, I didn't have to go there, but, um, Many people's conception of God is too narrow. And so it makes God seem like a punk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, you know, one of the, one of the jokes uh, that I often heard in, in, in Christian circles was, uh, what kind of music does God like? The same as the pastor, of course. <laughs> That's right? whatever he's into. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So, so and, I, and I think that a lot of times the problem is uh, we make, God in our image. Yes. And even though the goal is um, for us to become more like our God concept, let's say. And I love what you said about um, the, I think it was, you know, Merton, um, where, you know, we have this narrow idea of God, um, which was given to us by whatever we were raised in whatever we saw, whatever we heard, TV, maybe when we started going to, to learn about religions in, you know, in college or whatever. So you get this narrow view of God. Meanwhile, you, you miss out on so much because, you know, like, for example, throughout my evolution, I've gotten to a point where uh, I don't even consider God in, 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 a, in like a, as, a, as a person per se. You know, um, just something so incredible that I I know that I can't know fully. And I get these crumbs where I'm at right now. And I do the best I can with those crumbs, you know, because I, I just can't conceptualize it. And I, I accept that. Um, and it keeps me, in, in my view, a little more open. I'd like to go back... Um, so what you said about some something that finds you peace, because mm. uh, it reminded me of it's actually a very content content kind of quote because it's N O peace N O God K N O W peace <laughs> K N O W you God. You know I love that. You know I love that. So that that right there speaks to what you were saying, and I'd like to jump back into the math that you, that you spoke of. Because I think there's a lot more there. You know, when I, when I kind of, when we were talking, it just came up to me, you know, uh, I, was, I was in one of my, my sons, like he's, he's in these, those high level 
types of math in, in, in school. And they would go on the board, and it's a very interactive class. The kids do almost all the work. The teacher's sort of like a facilitator. Mm. And I think that's important because one of the things, you know, in that comparison that I really, really like is, you know, it, it was, it was, the question was something like, you know, this engine needs how much fuel per second to do whatever. You know, some really complicated question. And there was three different answers out of there's maybe eight kids in the class. And what I loved about it, and, and you know, like keeping this in a religious context, let's pretend the math problem is figuring out God, getting to the that top of that mountain, getting to peace. The teacher was like a good, let's say, pastor, guru, or spiritual advisor or friend, um, he didn't say to those three people who got the right answer in a different way than, let's say, he taught them or that he thought it should come. He didn't say, no, it's wrong because I told you two plus two equals four. I didn't say one plus one plus one plus one equals four. Hmm. You know, I didn't say two times two. And he was very, he, he looked, he said, wow, I had never thought of doing it that way. <laughs> but you got the answer. Wow, that's really interesting. Good job. And could you imagine a pastor or something saying to somebody, wow, you know, I never thought of God that way. Right. Um, and It doesn't work that way. But the, and, and I think that the reason that it doesn't work that way is because a lot of these people in these positions unfortunately think they need to have the answer for everything which is a fool's errand yes it's a fool's errand indeed <laughs> and and so that is the problem so they are in this position and they kind of get full of themselves and they kind of get very uh you know haughty and like you know proud of i know god he's he's and and this is a joke i have too you know which is like they treat God like their little brother. That's right. Yeah, he, they know everything I, I, about him. They know where <laughs> he does it. This is what he was thinking this morning. This is what, you know, he doesn't listen to that music. You know, he's nah, my he's little not brother. Into stuff like that. Yeah. He's not, yeah, I know all about that guy. I'll tell you, yeah, yeah, don't worry. You want, well, you know, I'll, I'll let you know. And, and that's, once they get to this place where they, A, feel they need to have answers for everything. Yeah. They feel it's their job to answer anything and obviously they're going to give answers that are that lack definitiveness and certainty yes <laughs> for god's sakes we're talking about god <laughs> you know no pun intended <laughs> but so they get into this this really terrible spot for themselves yeah they have to have an answer because that's how this structure is built you know, it's it's not, okay, we got these different answers. No, we have one answer for everything. This is the way, the truth, and the life. If you don't believe specific dogma and doctrine that we've told you, you are in danger of losing your soul or whatever the case may be. And that does not just apply to, to Christian. That applies to there are bad groups within every single type of ideology 
you know, when I, you know, I've said this many times, one of the things that blew me away at my first ICSA, which is basically, you know, uh, uh, an organization who helps people and educates people and helps people trying to leave cults or recover from what they went through inside a cult. Um, what blew me away was, you know, I'm sitting at this group with this group of people and they're from all over the place. They're, this one's from a Buddhist cult. This one's from a yoga cult. This one's from uh, <laughs> some cult that was all about sound waves. I was Ooh, this, nice. one, this one was from the Moody's. This one was from Jehovah Witness. This one's, and it was like, whoa. So, but, but it's that same, I've got all the answers. Hmm. I'm 100% right. So what happens is these people, and this is, this is and I, I know it sounds like I'm going off, but this is in the God concept and the deconstruction because these people put their place, they, they put themselves in place of God. And when they put themselves in place of God, what happens is uh, what we call, you know, in, in, in Christianity, idolatry. So the people begin to idolize and put this human in place of God as a mouthpiece for God. Mm. And then they believe everything this guy says. So that it, but that is also, you know, that is part of the God concept, you know, because they, they're having this. Now, now let's imagine this is, this is why I think deconstruction and why I believe in a new kind of Christian. There's many reasons why I believe there, there is potential and uh, for a new kind of Christianity. And I think it, it will happen. It's going to take a long time, maybe, I don't know, decades. I believe it because once you deconstruct, you know, first of all, Christianity's changed. From from the first century, it's changed ten, plenty of times. If you look at artwork from this time, that time, you'll see there was an overemphasis on the suffering of Christ at one time. There was this, there was that, and then this happened and that happened. And, you know, we're, we're going to constantly, the reason it's still around is because Christianity has never stayed the same. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, that's the reason True. it's here. The the, the great <clears throat> thing about, if I can say, there's a great thing within it, is that it's reinvented itself constantly. Mm -hmm. You know, in uh, some and good ways, and in some bad ways. But nevertheless, yeah. that malleability has yes. allowed it to. Um, yeah. Be so that's why I have this sort of endure hope. You know, and but the danger, of course, is here's a new kind of Christianity. Now join it. Because everyone else is wrong. So this new kind of Christianity to me, which is part of my, re now I'm getting into my personal, you know, we were talking more about these concepts. Yes. But my personal um, journey is that uh, by deconstructing and reconstructing and, and realizing I and all of us have a gigantic role to play in, in, in this process, um, and by not coming up with something that if you don't believe it, you're going to hell, that you can believe, imagine that, you can believe anything you want. You know, this is, we, we, we're, a Christian is obsessed with Christ, you know, obsessed with his teachings, with, with him in particular, not with Paul. That's, that's my kind of new thinking of a Christianity. You know, you're obsessed with Jesus. Not Paul, not Peter, none of none, not the Old Testament with Jesus, mm. not the book, not the Bible, mm -hmm. him. And I feel like it could evolve into that, and I hope it would because 
<clears throat> that's what it is, you know, someone obsessed with Christ. And if you're truly obsessed with Christ, he, he did invite, he wasn't dogmatic. He was just about love. And I feel like um, that is what I've constructed. You know, I admit it. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, I got this truth. And I think that that is the key too, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And, and as we try to form groups or people that get together out of whatever we reconstruct, I feel like the, the key, to, in my opinion, is to not have that, to claim you have this absolute exact science of God where if you don't believe, you know, if you don't believe in his representation in the Trinity, you're wrong, you're going to hell. That has to stop. And, and, and if we can get to the point where we're not shutting people out, we're just pointing. Mm. And, and if someone can come in, you know, and say, oh, man, yeah, I got this, Buddha, this Buddhist text, man. It really speaks to what you're talking about, you know, what Jesus said. Or I got this other thing. And, and it's, it's a decision I made, you know, for my reconstruction uh, to stay in there, and I and I got it. I've said this many times. Thank you know, and it's funny because he Jason's an atheist. Jason Burn uh, Burnham, you know, mm. my friend who was on the show. But thanks to him, I'm staying within my group because I know it so well. Just like he was gonna leave his business because he, you know, uh, just briefly, Jason's story is that he was he was heavily in 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 the. Uh, kind of social media and marketing and you know hacking into people's belief systems to to sell products and after a while it just wasn't working for him so he had an idea to just leave and do something else but then he had a talk with somebody and it kind of kicked in and they were like listen man you can do the most change here because you know this is this is where you're from you know everything about this you have the ability to to make a difference here the most mm. and i you know for me too that's that's why I, I still, you know, identify as Christian. You know, obviously, there's many, you know, many fundamentalists listening to what I'm saying. And they're, they're saying, you're not a Christian. You're <laughs> definitely going to hell, <laughs> Sorry. You know, there's many, sorry, many you know, like, sorry. We're going to pray for you. To, we're, listen, we've, we're going to get in tonight. We'll be praying for your soul. We're gonna do our best, you know, but and no promises. <laughs> yeah, but we we can't guarantee anything. <laughs> um, so that's that's you know, and I understand that, you know, and I mean, I, I I know I went a little personal on that, and I know we're staying on God deconstructing, but I think it. Well, I think uh, a person's uh, individual conception of God is very important. I think you made a number of good points in there, Mike, and I would like to follow you, up sir. with this question, which is that. When people say God is love, uh, when Marvin Gaye sings God is love. Which I love um, that song. Oh, it's so good, yeah. The whole album, amazing. Um, and and, and this, as a sub-question to this, what Dr. Ivan once asked us, why do bad things happen? When somebody says God is love, it has become such a, oh, yeah, sure, okay, whatever that means. What does that actually mean, Mike? Well, first I'd like to quote Marvin because I love that song. I, my favorite line from that song is, don't go talking about my father. God yeah, is my God friend. Is my friend. <laughs> uh, he made everything for everyone. 
I love that record. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know. I didn't even know you you listened to that record. So it's, it's oh, cool to, for you to bring that up. Huge fan. Uh, huge fan. Yeah. Uh, like a couple of years ago, I went an enormous deep dive on Marvin Gaye and listened yeah. to like all his Motown records from the '60s, and then all the you you know the story of Tammy Terrell, the lady he used to sing with. I've heard the name, but I don't know the story. So they did like three albums of duets, and she was like going to be a star. She was going to be Diana Ross, and then she left the music business because she was like you know 16 and probably being overworked and crazy she went to medical school and she kind of got brought back into it mm. it turns out she had like a, a brain tumor or something oh like my this God. and she died when she was like 24 something like that but marvin was like they were very close and um it was after her death that marvin gay a year or two went by and he put out what's going on which was his wow. first like socially conscious album, and it was mm. this kind of like her death, her being like overworked and overdriven. I mean, you know, the, she wasn't having a brain tumor is a, a difficult thing, but it was like not helped by the fact that she was forced to go on tour and play all these shows and record all this stuff. <clears throat> and then his next album was "What's Going On," the most Man. like poignant. Uh, if that, if, let's okay. If that's not revelation through conversation, I don't know what is because you just <laughs> answered the question. <laughs> well, and yeah, hey, because yeah. Here, here's the thing. Those, you know, we, we can we, we we can go to the Stoics. Uh, the obstacle is the way, is the path. Yeah. So when we when we want to know why, do, and even Jesus said it. He said so that he's he's. I think he answered it. Someone asked, you know, why is why is this person born this way? Because they assumed that it was because the fathers sinned or someone did something, and that's why God was punishing them. But that's that idea that Jesus was constantly against this punitive punishing God. He was constantly coming out against that. And if people don't see that, then they're just not looking. Um, and he said, "No, it wasn't because of that. It wasn't because of this." He said, "And and this is even a difficult answer." He said, "So that God may be glorified." So there's a lot you got to unpack that. That's that's a whole whole lot of stuff. But the way that I the way that I receive that is look at the 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 music that came from that pain. Let's say what's going on now. What's going on has helped countless people at countless moments, from social movements to I I mean for God's sakes, I've sat there and just remixed the song just for fun, mm -hmm. you know, just for fun, not for any, you know, not to to release it or anything just heard heard it countless times and i can i can i can't even imagine you know how many people feel that same way um so when these things even me you know the the story i'm writing it's called the gift wrapped up in a nightmare <laughs> it's just now we can say you know it, yeah but also in that argument where we have a situation where something terrible happens that is wrong, I just like to say this, and I don't want to be dismissive of how terrible tragedy is, but a thought I've had often is if we truly do believe that, for example, reincarnation, more, let's just put it this way, more to this life than this moment we're in this time that we're trapped in uh, you know this 2021 time my body 
this whole thing, if we believe there's more to it than that, when these tragic things happen, if that person, this is just a complete hypothesis, but if that person, as soon as that happens, isn't dead, goes and then feels what many people say documented near-death experiences, there's even people who get together on retreats who've had near-death experiences because the way they feel after is so unique that they need others to talk about it with because no one else is going to understand. All of them say the same type of things where they felt peace. They felt one. They felt... So if that is the case, these things that we see in our limited understanding as tragedy, as terrible... Could possibly, I mean, from our point of view, from our moment, someone you love dearly, forgot, you know, what if it's your partner in life? What if it's, uh, you know, whoever? You are decimated. Hmm. But the big picture of it is that you, and a lot of them say, you know, my grandfather came to meet me. My, you know... I'm not, I can't sit here and no one can and be like, and that's, that's why I'm not saying it in a, in a, in a like way where, and that's what happens. And that's why you don't understand. No, I'm not saying that. Right. I don't know. I'm just saying, what if that could, that could possibly be an explanation for how those things are allowed to happen. And God is still love. It's Mm -hmm. just a possible explanation. Is it Mm -hmm. the, no. But there, there are those innate things to me, those uh, things that you, when you dive inward, you, you just know, you know. And uh, for me, those, there's things I know that I, I, can't, I can't just lay out on a board and do a math problem and be like, this proves it. <laughs> right. I just can't, you know. This, it's, a different, it's a different realm. It's a different place. It's, it's, it's spirit. It's, it's not... It's not, you know, you know the 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 metaphysics, you know, that's it's, it's different, and that is why I think that spiritual belief in in God, belief in the universe, belief in a bigger picture, requires faith, <clears throat> because we can't know it all. No, we can't know. Um, you know, Ramdas is always saying like. When the Buddha became enlightened, he saw into his last 10,000 incarnations. And think about how bothered you are in your, any person, it is bothered in their current incarnation. Think of all the things that upset you and make you stressed out and, and the things from childhood that you wish were different or the whatevers. Imagine taking that amount of stress and timesing it by 10,000. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so everything was ex- as all personal and as upsetting. I mean, it w- uh, the average person would crumple into a ball myself, uh, certainly at the foremost of that list. Um, we cannot know. It's one of the things I find interesting about Buddhism is it doesn't really try and answer, as far as I know, why we're here, who put us here. So those are questions we cannot know for the same reason that, uh, you know, one grain of sand cannot understand the tide or cannot understand that over there is Atlantic City and there's a casino over there. And it's just not, there's no way that mind could know that. And, and to some extent, to that extent, it's not meant to know that. It's yeah. not even important to know that, really. 
It's a part. Um, it, I feel like it's, it's a part of it. The not knowing. Yes. I, I've been meaning to say this for weeks. Maybe I did say this, but um, there's a, a lady who's kind of with Jack Hornfield and, and Pema. Her name's uh, Roshi Joan Halifax. And I heard her say one time, and she's kind of a Zen lady also, uh, not knowing is most intimate. Have I said that before? I don't know. I don't I think so. No, ago. but that's that's that but sounds like it's right there. That most the thing at the foremost Damn it, that's, of that's what all one. humans have in common is that we do not know. That is the most intimate yes, sentiment that, we all share. Yeah, but you know what? Not just intimate because we all share it. But I, I mean, I've never heard it put that way, and that, that's that's wonderful because it just it hit a bunch of thoughts for me because. What's more intimate? It's like if if you want to be connected to someone, what's more intimate than having to constantly get to know? That sets you on that course for relationship. You know, what keeps a, a marriage of 20-something of years going? The person, damn it, you know, just keeps changing. <laughs> that person Stuff just, keeps just won't stay the same. And so as they change... <laughs> You having to get to know them again keeps it intimate. Right. Now, if and 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 it goes, you know, that's that's wonderful because it also goes back to this idea we always talk about of once you stop learning, you stop living. Yes. So once if we knew, you know, in the state we're in, under the complete circumstances that we are in, lack of knowledge not knowing forces us into relationship. It forces us into these states of seeking. So, you know, it's, you know, it's almost like designed like that on purpose in a sense mm. to, because it's the framework of the state we're in, you know? And, and I, you know, the more I learn and the more that I, I, I open myself up to read different things and learn different things that were taboo um, in the past for me. The more that I feel that way, that you know, there is uh, we're in a state for now. Mm. I strongly, uh, you know, that's something that I, I live by. We're we're not. This isn't it. I believe that uh, with everything I am. Um, I have my own evidence, you know, that once again, I can't put up on a board and that someone else would just say, well, you imagine that or, well, you're just seeing what you want to see. Okay. You know, that's not how I take it, but that's mm. how you take it. And that's fine. You know, that's fine. No problem with that. And uh, so for me, we're, when we're the not knowing. Well, you know, let's take it back home. The not knowing who God is, not having all the answers for who He is, you know, and 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 that is, to me, the most intimate way to have a relationship with God. I think so. To say, hey, I don't know who you I are. Know. I don't know exactly your form. Are you? What the Gnostics say? Are you like these seven different uh, characteristics? And then, you know, Sophia is wisdom. and Or are you 
you know, this this trinity, because even the trinity is a, a, a reflection of beliefs before Christianity. Uh, are you this three parts, you know, this, are you, you know, but we're just trying to understand in whatever way, and back to that math problem, you know, someone's math is the trinity, someone else's math is, is, you know, something else someone is someone else's is uh you know just uh digging in and quieting everything down and then feeling some, something that's their source someone else's source you know and or you know or their math i should say not not necessarily source but to get to that source their math is you know meditating someone else's math is community someone else is feeding poor someone else's uh on and on and on. And mm. I think that, you know, why uh, deconstructing God is important is because that is a very uncommon uh, thought. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that would bring unity because what if you just, you know, one of the things I like about um, Pastor... Uh, Joseph Cortez and, and his uh, community Crossroads, which, you know, this church we attend, is, you know, I went from this authoritarian guy who knew everything and shamed everyone constantly and, you know, this, this terrible leader. And when I went there, they, they were so fine with saying, well, we don't know. You know, once I saw that these guys were okay with saying we don't know, I felt a little bit of peace and I was like, oh God, okay. <laughs> they don't know something, you know, they're not going to, there's something these guys don't know. Oh, I was, it was such a relief. Yeah. It's like, you know, they were like, well, we don't know, you know, when they would maybe the pain and the, why do people suffer? And why do they pain? He'd have an answer for everything and he knew exactly mm. why. And if you didn't un accept that, then you were, you know, in danger of losing your salvation. So that's the, the, the cult. But this guy, he, you know, it was like, well, we don't know, you know, who can understand it? So this is terrible and we we mourn with those people and we just don't know. And that, I think, is the beauty within any faith. To just have the courage to say you don't have the answers. You don't know. I don't know exactly who God is. I, I don't know, but I'm still looking. I'm still on this journey. I'd love to talk to you about, you know, and learn, you know, if someone's a Muslim or someone's a Sikh or someone's a Hindu, you know, if that's that's their group that they were they were born into, they didn't have a choice in that. Hmm. They were born into that, or 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 maybe later on in life they chose it. Whatever the case is, and I think that if if we can get to that point w within whatever personal journey you're on, I think that's beautiful. You know, to be excited, to be like, you know, even even um. You know, that's why I want us to have atheists up here. I want us, you know, you too. You know, we've talked about it. We, I, you know, people who are atheists, people who are, are science-based, people who, whatever, whatever, whatever it is that you're, you're coming from, to hear and learn, you know, not to debate, not to debate. I think that's that's the thing. Yeah, that's right. the only we're thing. Not, we're not having debates here on the show. Huh? But that's the only thing that, that you know, if I'm going to say I have a, some dogma, my dogma is once you get to that point in whatever group you're in that you think you're going to come 
tell me and fix me and and kind of like do the evangelistic you know tiptoe mm-hmm. you know which is i'm your friend hi let's play for a while in your area and at the right moment the other shoe's gonna drop i'm gonna trick you <laughs> i'm gonna let you know and i'm gonna try to teach you how to think the way i think yeah because i noticed you're open and you're lost Yes. People confuse being open. This is this is something. That I've, <laughs> I'm to to right now to anyone who's a fundamentalist. Anything. Mm-hmm. Me and you both. Just so you know, mm-hmm. we are lost. Yeah. And we need them to find us and give us the absolute truth that they have. So just so you know, we are ripe for the pick. We are like low hanging. <laughs> Right, we're low hanging fruit, Uh-oh. and and we're perfect for the picking. We're we're like ripe, we're sweet and delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought of myself that way <laughs> for the fundamentalist right now. Like any fundamentalist, anything, whatever they are, doesn't. I'm not just talking Christian here. Mm-hmm. Any fundamentalist that has the absolute truth, we are ready for it. Right. Because we're open, because we haven't locked into something, because we, you know, and that's the only time I get a little weird. You know, that's my, that's my line. I have a line. That's it for me. Once you get to that point and you want to, you know, reteach me how to think and everything else. And this is it. And you, you know, let me explain it to you, kid. I've got the absolute truth. I'm glad I found you. (laughs) You know, you're going to be so glad. Yeah, you're going to be so glad because I know everything and I'm right about everything, too. (laughs) You know, and and the funny thing is all those people, (laughs) FYI, it's sort of like I don't mean to compare them to to some racist people, but there's there's racist people who are racist, but they think they're not racist. So they'll say constantly saying, but I'm not a racist. And all (laughs) those fundamentalist people will always say that they're open-minded. Yeah, um, I'm, nobody's more open-minded than me. Yeah, nobody's more open-minded. I just think you're going to burn in hell forever. <laughs> the, uh, no one's more open-minded than a fundamentalist. They're, they're right. open-minded up until the point you disagree with them. Right, then the mind <laughs> closed, very closed at that and, time. And it's a disclaimer. It's like political correctness. It's a disclaimer. They throw it out there, right. make pretend that they're wide open to everything. Oh, of course. Oh, yes, yes, you know, and then, but it's just until the other shoe drops, you know, <laughs> once you get into the conversation, the disagreement starts. long enough, you'll find you are wrong about something. Yeah, then now, you know, now you're ready. Now you're ready. I'm going to tell you everything now. I'm going to let you in. I love what you said there, Mike, about, and this is uh, particularly in a materially obsessed culture where we have to have all the answers all the time and we have to be right about everything. Good it point. takes a tremendous amount of courage to say, yeah, I don't know. That is it, like a radically courageous thing to say in today's America. Now, doesn't that say a lot? <laughs> yeah, oh, it says it all. It says to just say so you much. don't know, you know? Well, why I'm this? Not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. I but don't I don't really know. But I'd love to talk about that, you know? But the thing is, we're not talking about it. 90% of the time, we're not talking about it to learn more. 
Right. We're right. talking about it to win an argument. Win the argument, baby. I'm trying to get <laughs> it's that not W. Revelation through conversation. No, you know, and, no, and, no. and it's interesting too because some people I, I've been I've been asked, you know, more than once from different people, you know, like how do we kind of like do this, what we do? And I think the the true key is and what is revelation to conversation? What is it? The the true key is just not genuinely laying it out there that we, you know, I don't know. And it, the fact that I lay out that I don't know and you lay out that you don't know, that's the common ground to be open to things because as we as we're talking about them, it's not coming from a place, you know, where where I'm like no Derek God is my, you know, is God is 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 a is a plant. Right. You know, and I know he is because one day I was walking down the street and the tree spoke to me. <laughs> and it said, I am nature. I am God. I am this and that, you know, and you must do this. And then I came and I wrote down all these rules. <laughs> and it and it's and then I have my own dogma and it's tree dogma. And we should, whatever. And, <laughs> and and don't ask me any questions. Right. And don't it, ask me any questions. And I'm okay. The shoes, the other shoes drop. <laughs> and I think as long as as long that's the key to me, as long as you are in that space and you're not pretending, because that's this is a dangerous thing. People pretend to be in that space. True. Just to seem open-minded, but then they go back, and they're like really dedicated to their absolute truth right they heard you but they didn't yeah. really listen to you yeah because it ha it and i think that is the only way to have this like constant growth this constant conversation this constant movement mm. because you can't once you read we say this over over and over but it can't be said enough once you reach the point where you think you know You've stopped living. Yeah, that's a dangerous spot to be in. And on that note, <laughs> let's uh, stop the show.